Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. I'm Gordon Monson. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm uh, doing just fine, thanks. Yeah? Doing just fine. Good, good. That's, That's good to hear. You excited for another day? Well well rested after the late game? Uh, I am, uh, you know, moderately so. Uh, But, uh, yeah, eager to uh, jump into all kinds of talk, uh, especially talk riveted on the the best team on the planet. Best hockey team on the planet? Oh, okay. Just making sure. I wonder how, if you took the Jazz and put them on skates, I wonder how they'd do uh, not well, and and we'll talk about something similar. I'm sure you're alluding to uh, coming up a, a little. Um, uh, I guess a bet made public this morning on DJ and PK between <laughs> Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell. Yes, there is that. And there is uh, that. we we can dig into that because I certainly I certainly have some thoughts. But quick plug for the Joe Ingles show on DJ and PK. It's always great. And today it was uh, today was uh, terrific. In fact, we can get into uh, a few of the things Joe Ingles said, but he's always good and it's always can't miss radio. So uh, if you did miss it, however, go to wherever you get your podcasts, you can search it out. And uh, any uh, over exuberant expl- expletives hurled today? Two, in fact, English I think. Show? Yeah, yeah two. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully Hatch was was on guard. Although although the way DJ described it, Hatch was taking a nap and he had to like flag him down to drop it. Although Austin's <laughs> shaking his head, that was not even close to the truth. DJ did Jake dirty there. Yeah, right after threw Jake right under the bus. Essentially said he wasn't without DJ. He wouldn't. Uh, Jake would not have been able to do his job. Yeah, they were joking after he said it, and they yeah. they were all kind of laughing. And uh, yeah, and DJ's like, oh yeah, I had to, uh, a hatch was in there in tying his shoe or something. I had to like flag him down. I had to wave DJ <laughs> because just to make sure he got it. So we have this theme going of being able to do two things so far on our show here at the very beginning. And if DJ's doing two jobs, you know, I wonder how the Jazz would do on ice skates and. Did you see the video that was floating around of LeBron James playing high school football? Uh, yeah, I have seen that. What uh, our boy uh, Chris Camerani, I think it was last week, did a, a piece on Le- LeBron football star in high school yeah. or whatever, and it's kind of been a a little bit of a wave of how good LeBron was in uh, in high school football. Yeah, I find that sort of thing really interesting because 
how talented, how gifted do you have to be to be able to play two sports at a super high level or even at any level? But, uh, you know, there are a lot of our listeners out there who played high school sports and may have been multiple sport athletes. But to be able to – I really believe what, – what would make you not believe that LeBron couldn't play NFL football when you look at his size, speed, and strength? Okay, real quick, well, let's, let's dive into this. I, I like where your head's at here, Gordon. It depends on the, the skills – Right, the skills required in each in each sport. So but if you I, can catch, if you can catch a basketball, you can catch a football. Well, that's game. why I'm saying I think going from basketball to football would be a lot easier than going from football to basketball. For example, remember uh, on uh, those great U teams, a fellow by the name of Brandon Jesse. Remember that guy? I Gordo? do. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. he played like three years for the Packers. Never, never touched a football in his darn life, and he goes out there and, and plays tight end because he's such a, a a great athlete. And yeah, you're you're right, probably about the from the catching standpoint. If you have good hands, you've been training that way. But I don't think you could teach a linebacker to shoot a <laughs> to shoot a basketball. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It it depends on the guy. Well, let's get it what about what, is- what about our guy Hans? All right. Now, I don't think you're going to teach uh, your uh, teenage – well, how old was she at the time? 12? Well, how old was Sid? Yeah, 12-year-old? 12. I, don't, uh-huh. I don't think you're going to teach Sid how to, you know, rip an old lineman's arm off. But it, it, you certainly uh, are not going to teach – you know, the the skill of taking somebody's arm off does not really apply <laughs> to uh, swinging a tennis racket. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's what sports we're comparing here. I can think of a number of basketball players that played football at a pretty high level. Um, yeah, they all played tight Corn- end. Corn- Cor- Cornell Green, if I'm remembering right, played at Utah State, played basketball, and he played football in the NFL for a long time. I hope I'm not screwing that story up. Manny Hendricks, who played basketball for the Utes, played football for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Danny Ainge played baseball and basketball. Are we saying that basketball is just more skilled than other sports? Well, is that... there's skills involved, right? I mean, even within basketball, we see players possessing different skills uh, every yeah. night. And, you know, I guess, unfortunately, if you're looking to go from football to basketball, you know, taking somebody's head off is not necessarily all that valued. However, would you consider, would you consider uh, Tim Tebow? Uh, a miserable level. failure? Yeah, I would. <laughs> he just retired. That that guy is a that guy that. is a circus act. That's all that was. Let's not pretend like wow. he was a professional baseball. He's player. about to be a coach in the NFL, though. Uh, right. He, I he mean, made a lot of money though along the way, didn't he? Not playing for the Mets. Well, I mean, but he probably found other ways to uh, ascertain some cash. Robin liquor uh, stores. <laughs> not Tim Tebow. He a fervent prayer in the end zone. So yeah, okay. But you know what, Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson did was incredibly impressive yeah, in my opinion, yeah. because swinging a baseball bat mm. and hitting a baseball is not like any skill possessed in the NFL, right? Yeah. So what those they are, did those was, are two great examples. I mean, that is spectacular because they both were so good at football, and yet they were able to play baseball too. 
Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Hans just texted me on my personal phone. Says, uh, you mentioned the tennis thing. I would like you to mention how two football players took on you and Gordon and destroyed you yeah. in basketball. That is true. You know. Uh, hey, wait, I, he I, does add a good point, though. He says, yes, it took me 100 rebounds, but we still destroyed you. <laughs> that was what I really underestimated about that basketball matchup yeah. was just how much taller and bigger Hans is than the both of us. And when it came yeah. to rebounding, that was Strong. always going to be a built-in problem for us. And, and it really was. I mean, Hans yeah. would, would go 0 for 5 at – well, no, I take that back. Sorry. I apologize, Hans. He would go 1 for 6 at the rim in one possession because he'd just <laughs> – he'd miss and then he'd grab it. Then he'd he'd throw an elbow or something and then miss again and grab yeah. it. And then it eventually – it, it, it was rough. It was rough. But but Hans is a good athlete. He's Hans a good athlete is, all the way around. Hans is a good athlete. That's he can a, move. He's uh, obviously strong and has good size. And and uh, I bet there's a lot. Of, I bet there's other sports that he could have been really good at. Uh, and uh, I, w- when we did that, I just wish that I'd been 25 years younger. That's all. You know. But oh well. You still wouldn't uh, have gotten I, the I rebound. Look, I, I could, yeah, but I would have made a whole lot more shots. And you know, and, and by the way, you got hurt like in the first minute, and they stuck me with some sales guy who had never touched a basketball before. But look, I don't want to take away from Hans's athleticism because he, he is a fine athlete, and uh, yeah. So you know, I bet he would be good at things like volleyball and and other. Here, uh, here, all, all, all. Uh, now we're on the hands kick. I wouldn't bet that LeBron James could play defensive line. Because there's some skills there involved in in playing defensive line that don't really apply to to basketball, right? So LeBron might ha- might have the side and size and speed to be a good defensive end, but he's also going up against some left left tackles that are just mountainous human beings, and you have to have skills and moves and you know years of work on footwork and things like that to to be effective there. So well, that would probably be true for anything. But no, tight uh, end, what, you just run down the field and catch the dirt and ball. What's what's uh, there to that? No, hey, go out, go out there that. and run one of these. There's you know, more just, to it than that. Hey, uh, how, jump what, higher than uh, that corner. Yeah, you go what's stand LeBron's, in the end zone and you jump when we throw it high to you. What, what's LeBron's weight? What's he listed at? Two fifty? I want to say. I would I would guess at least that. I don't know for sure, but I think a guy his he's in fact I think he's got with, with a little extra. Sort of emphasis. He's two fifty, so he's he's just about the size of Carl Malone, and I I I think he could, he might be the perfect end rush guy. Yeah, but that, that, I guess that's my point. You know, it's it's a position that's about much more than just size, speed, and strength. I understand that. There's a lot of skill that, that goes into it. I think he it. could learn that stuff. Don't you think? Um, I learn that overnight. No, I don't think oh, that. not overnight. Should we no, get hands but... on the phone and ask him how long, uh, how many years of of skill development it took I, him to to be able yeah. to do that at an NFL level? I would. I and his would be uncle was curious. Merlin Olson. He well, was yeah, being I, taught I, I that sort of stuff I, I from the day he I, drew breath. I understand, and you don't just walk off the basketball court and step onto the uh, football field and bingo, you're there. But Hans has watched. Uh, LeBron enough on a basketball court to be able to uh, make some educated guesses. I think about what he'd be able to do on a football field. Can we call? Can we get hands on the horn? Let's get let's get hands this on the is, horn. This here is for great a summer radio. I uh, no, we'll we'll talk about the Jazz. They they won last night. It, it, I have a, a many many thoughts, but also is, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, their bet is very relevant. Austin, 
Not out the gate, maybe. And we're talking about <laughs> 20 <laughs> out of 21. And, and we're promoting the station. We're is promoting the station. Are you ready to waste some is, time with us? Is, is Austin schooling is us on the up? air? Yes, is that your, what he's your, doing? Your mic was on the uh, Well, I meant it. All right. Uh, let's, let's get out of the zone phone. Uh, you hear him, of course, from 10 to 2 on these very airwaves. Oh, hey, Hans. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm going to ask you a really simple question, and then we can we can go from there. But how long – so LeBron James probably has the size and speed of a, of a defensive end. But how long would it take him to develop the skills necessary to be an NFL-level defensive end? It, it would be – it would be a few years, three or four to where he could really develop the the ability to take on the punches, to understand the the timing of the hand placement. Uh, tight end, you guys are nailing it on the head with tight end. I think, you know, our tight end with the Colts was Marcus Pollard. And Marcus Pollard, I don't think he played a single down of college football. He played basketball all through college. And then the Colts drafted him, I think, as a, from, from basketball or out of basketball into the NFL and then – by the time I, Marcus Pollard was, uh, um, Marcus Pollard was one of the. He was a solid tight end. He was one of Peyton's favorite targets. He's a Pro Bowler, so, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he was. And, and um, uh, I, I know that they they placed a franchise tag on him the year I got there. So, I think tight end wise, I think you could adjust pretty well. You have to learn some of the skill of down blocking, and that was one thing that Marcus struggled with a little bit. Getting his getting his hands dirty in the trenches, but you know it it is tough. Like you know, you take the impact of a punch of a three hundred and forty, three hundred and sixty pound offensive tackle. You got to learn how to absorb that impact and how to drop shoulders. And I do think LeBron's got a level of physicality that I I think would translate. But I think give him three years, and I actually think he could probably be a Pro Bowl defensive end after three years. Really, right. Pro Bowl, huh? Yeah. Uh, Hans, yeah how, I do. How, long, how long did it take you to, to make the adjustment from defensive line to offensive line? Uh, three, about three years. Did it? It was oh, it, okay. it was it was a really tough adjustment, and and it was it was that adjustment that got me booted out of the NFL um, when when Jim Moore got fired and they brought in Tony Dungy. Tony switched me from the defensive line. To the offensive line, and and uh, I I was I only made that that position for two years in the NFL, was cut in my third year, and when I went into the AFL, I moved to the center position, and that's that's when I found my calling. I I wish I would have been a center all through college, and and things might have been a little bit different, but it takes a while, Gordon. You know those those position switches, and we see it a lot with Kalani Sataki. We've seen it a ton with Kyle Whittingham. I don't think people understand sometimes how difficult those switches are. But Jake's got a great point, too, though. That, that defensive end position takes so much time to get the timing of the punches of the offensive tackles huh. and, and to understand the pressures that are coming on the outside. And then also keeping in mind, I've got to have physicality, but I've got to keep contained, and I've got multiple responsibilities. And then the other thing that would blow you away is to see – the depth of a playbook for a defensive end, like Vic Fangio's defense, his playbook was nearly as thick as Peyton Manning's offensive playbook with all of the, the different sets that you have to understand. And and so there's a mental game there that I think LeBron would pick up pretty quickly. But it would 
I think Jake's right. It'd probably be about three years before he'd be wow. a really good defensive end. But, but mark my words, he'd be a pro bowler inside of that three years. Not not now, but when he had his youth. All right. Well, we've got to let you go, Hanson. I've got one more thing for you, but Austin's tweeting mean things about us not talking about the Jazz Wait, 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 wait. I do do have a question for Hanson. Other than wrestling, what other sport would you be best at? Well, I golf a lot now, um, but I just don't have the flexibility to do that. I, I could not hit a baseball to save my life. I will always, and nobody will ever sway me off this, hitting a baseball is hitting a pitch at at a high level, I think, is going to be the the most difficult thing to do in all of sports. Uh, There's no way I could have done that. Uh, Synchronized swimming, I can't hold my breath very well. I don't know. Rhythmic gymnastics, I'd look terrible in a leotard. How are you on ice? Because curling might be a thing for you. <laughs> I like how you went to curling and not hockey. No, no, no. Curling, honestly, I've had, no. this, I've had this discussion no. with my buddies about Olympic sports, about what is the one Olympic sport you could pick up tomorrow and most, you know, have the best chance at making the Olympics. It's got to be curling, right? Not if, not if you're throwing the stone. Not if you're doing that. I can, I can run on that ice and sweep. I, I, yeah, all I, I have to do is get there. I don't have to throw the darn stone. I just have to make it to the game. Well, Gordon, Gordon, you've spent half your life on a cruise ship, and you played shuffleboard. It's, it's a lot like that. And so I think you could, I think you could be a great defense uh, defenseman in hockey. Uh, I, I think that that might have been something you could do. I, I don't know how you are on skates, but anyway, I, I would end up like uh, what it, was it? Happy Gilmore that tried to kill somebody with an ice skate. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think that would go too far take off an ice skate and try to hit an official with it like uh, do something <laughs> stupid but it's it's uh it's a great conversation man you guys crack me up every day you guys hey, are awesome hey hands real quick before we let you go you mentioned a few minutes ago you said booted from the nfl i'm not critiquing but you i mean you you left the nfl don't say booted that makes it sound like you were running drugs or something don't just find it. don't say don't say booted say, you know when i when my nfl time was done or something like that you go oh, when i was booted from the nfl just so so hence what i take from that whole thing that is if mora had stayed in place you would have had a long prosperous nfl career and tony dungy essentially took a wrecking ball to your career uh, I, I would I would like to think that I'd like to think that making a position change in the NFL is not the best time, but I, I do I got to throw a plug in for Sid and and look I know I try to avoid this twelve year old girl beating me in tennis thing all the time but it, it does go back to this conversation of Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles somebody that is trained in something whether they're a twelve year old girl or you know they're a twenty four year old adult in in in, in the majors or in the professional side of things, somebody that is trained in something is going to make life miserable. You know, it's not like Sydney came out there and was delivering like these power shots across the body. She was just placing the ball where I couldn't get to it. She hit and the ball pretty hard. She, no, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not saying that they came across soft. Like, but she knew that she could place that ball anywhere on the court and and really confuse me. And get me, you know, leaning one way and not be able to get back the other way. When somebody's trained in something, Donovan's trained in throwing a baseball, and Joe Ingles has never held a bat. 
There's no way he's hitting one of those ten pitches off, off Donovan. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think so either. I think you're right but, on the money on that, but, Hans. But wait a minute, Hans. Let me just repeat the in the infamous words of Kevin Graham when Jake went out on the court to warm sit up before she faced you in that infamous match. Uh, Kevin saw the ball go back and forth, and he turned and he said on the air, "Hans is screwed." <laughs> Uh, believe me, I knew in that same time period I was in a little bit of trouble. I, I came off the side uh, of the court and uh, Man Crush was my coach, and and at that point Man Crush said we've we've got two options here, and I said what are they? He said number one, you take an embarrassing loss. Number two, you fake a bad injury, and and we get you out of here on a stretcher. So you, so you <laughs> I did tried, both. <laughs> <laughs> I tried the injury thing, but nobody was biting it, and everybody had paid or or there, I don't know. There was like. I don't know, there was like 800 people that came. I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Now i gotta got to finish the match. So I got up uh, and finished. The man crush rub down was weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. all, these year, all these years later, that, that was still weird. It was still really weird. Hey, if, you guys remember, if you guys remember, I showed up with a wooden racket, and, and, and my idea was I was going to smash that wooden racket to try to intimidate Sid. And, Gordon, do you remember that? I had that wooden racket, and, and it was after the first serve. I smashed that wooden racket into smithereens and yelled a couple of times. And Sid, Sid looked at me like, you need psychiatric help. Like, you, you really have issues. She, she had no fear. She just thought that I had problems. He said, you stay on your side of the net, and we'll be just fine. And, and that weirdo you brought, you keep him as far away from me as possible. <laughs> that guy who's rubbing out your hamstring yeah. with liniment? Yeah, you keep you're, that you're guy. You're right, Hans. You're right. I was shocked at how many people showed up for that. I mean, you, you packed the house, man. Yeah, and um, let me tell you, if Donovan Mitchell throws a pitch against Joe Ingles, we will, <laughs> if they allow people to come in, we'll have everybody safely socially distanced with their masks on, whatever's needed. But we will get people in there. That would be a fun thing to watch. Yep. All right, Hans. Well, thank you for jumping on with us and, and helping us with this conversation. You know, you're one of the few professional athletes that we know on a personal level, so you get phone calls. I apologize. Well, I appreciate it, guys. you got the best show out there. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. There you go, Hans Olsen. Of course, 10-2 to 2 with Scott Gerard, Hans, and Scotty G. I, I thought that conversation turned out productive, Austin. I, I thought that too. we need to get Austin's, into the jazz. Austin, Austin's being grumpy. We need to get into the jazz coming up next. I have a new bit I want to get into for the show that involves the jazz. So let's let's dig into that coming up next. You sure? No one like uh, give idea. some soccer scores from the IPL or <laughs> twenty to twenty one. Is that good? How how the NHL do last night? Is that night? good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how my Whalers coming did. up next. Could Matt Harpering play soccer? <laughs> you know, there's one other tidbit I could add since funny. this is such riveting. <laughs> no, you don't need to add anything. It's okay. We can go to uh, break. A friend, a friend of mine was an all-state baseball player, and he challenged a college softball pitcher to said he could uh, he could hit the ball off of off of her, and uh, I think he. Made contact once. So be careful what you're challenging people to. They can wing it around pretty well underhand, so it seems. Hmm. All right, coming up next, we'll get into the Utah Jazz. Their win last night over the Clips. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, The Guess Who. Kind of selected by all of us, really. It was kind of a unanimous decision today. Uh, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Question for you, Jake. Who does a better American Woman song rendition? The Guess Who or Lenny Kravitz? Well, it's not even a question. It's by far The Guess Who. Okay. I just thought I'd ask. I mean, no, no you, offense to you Mr. Seem to favor. You seem to favor the second team to come around to recording something well only well not only but usually when it when it just uh, involves the beatles mostly <laughs> the beatles are worse than millie vanilli I... oh here we go oh speaking of which where's austin's uh, incriminating audio statute of limitations is no, no. We, we get to do it what, what should we what should we do what do you want to do Gordon? i don't know the split story uh, yeah, let's do the split story. We'll All get right. to we'll think get to, about it, Jake. You're really yeah. good at coming up with stuff that cuts right to the right to the bone. right to the core. All right, uh, let's get to the split story. Let's talk about the the jazz game last night. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Donovan driving to the rack, scoop and a score. 20 for Donovan. Coffee driving with the left hand, tries to bounce it through traffic off Gobert's leg, picked up by Clarkson. Given to Oney. In the open floor, he gets it ripped away by Jackson, who saves it right back to Oney. Hands to Clarkson. Clip shot, no good. Loose ball rebound. Rudy has it. Knocked out of his hands. Rudy recovers. Bullets it up top to Ingles. Head fakes the drive to Patterson. He flops, no whistle. Ingles retreats out. Fires the three. Got it! 10-point lead by the Jazz. Dubok turning, driving, spiked by Gobert. Absolutely eviscerated. Here comes Donovan on the push, crossing over, driving hard to the lane, hands to Rudy, hide the women and children. He's coming high and hard with a right hand. Hammer. 20 for Rudy. Williams snakes around. He's got Rudy on him on the outside. Once a night, they try it. Pull up jumper. Rudy blocks it. It never works. All right, there you go. The Jazz win last night over the Clippers. Gordon, they've won 20 of 21. They beat them 114 to 96. Uh, They were led by, let's see, Donovan ended up with 24. Uh, Rudy with 23 and 20, the fourth time in his career. He's gone for 20 and 20. And by the way, Gordon, they've won all four of those games. But uh, what's your uh, thoughts after watching uh, the Jazz keep the streak alive? Impressed with the way the Jazz came on strong at the uh, at the turn of the quarters in the second half. That was impressive to me. And look, we we called this, didn't we? Say before yesterday during the show that this was going to be a semi ugly game that the Jazz were going to have to gut out. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know. I think that's what. I, I I think anytime uh, the winning team shoots uh, less than forty four or forty three percent, you you can consider it somewhat ugly. But um, I, I was impressed with the Jazz with the way they gathered themselves and took care of their business. They out rebounded the Clippers. They uh, absorbed the physicality. Now this is a version of the Clippers that's a little different than the one you're going to get in the playoffs. But still, uh, don't want to 
don't want to put a little asterisk by every Jazz win when they've won this many. So, anyway, what do you think? Well, I certainly think no asterisk is. Uh, did I say that right? Asterisk. Get that right? Isk. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, is is required uh, because the Jazz won by eighteen points. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and we can talk about how ugly or pretty it was, but at the end of the day, they won by 18 points. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of um, of important things to take from this game as, as we seem to learn more about this team. But listen, the Clippers came out with a really good defensive game plan, uh-huh. and they may have been missing their stars, but there's a lot of scrappy dudes, scrappy try-hard dudes on that Clippers team, and Patrick Beverly, obviously, first amongst them. So, you know, the Clippers weren't going to lay down. They had come in just winning three games in a row without their two top guys, and so it wasn't ever going to be the easiest game in the world. But the Clippers decided to hug the Jazz shooters yes. and and play, make the Jazz play a two-man game in the middle of the floor. It's the, it's the most effective way to play defense against the Jazz. It really is. But what it means is, Gordon, that Rudy gets to feast. <laughs> and he didn't in the first half because we kind of saw... I don't know. Rudy sometimes struggles when there's a, a, a man between he and the basket. We've talked about yeah. it a lot. In the second half, Rudy really did something that I've been waiting for him to do for a long time because we've talked about, you know, Rudy needs to do something when he's not just taking alley-oops and dunks it. He needs to figure something out. And he's added the pass, right, which I think is great, the, the, the eyes-up pass. Mm-hmm. But what he did last night, Gordon, is figure out, that he is 7-1 and really a, a stout guy. I know he's got the high hips, but, man, I mean, he's he's in shape. And he can dunk on fools. <laughs> and, I, you know, we, we talk about whether Shaq was good at basketball or not. I don't think he had a lot of basketball skill. But you know what Shaq was really good at? Running over the guy in front of him and dunking in his face. And so like when that? He, yeah, so I was thinking last night when I saw Rudy make these aggressive moves and dunk it, I'm thinking yeah. like that, like that, like that, run like over that? him like that, run over him like that, and just dunk right in his face. And he was doing it to Zubats, and he was doing it uh, to Abaka, you know, guys that 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 are big tough dudes. And and it, it, I thought it was, uh, Rudy was just amazing in the second half on both sides well, of the basketball. There's one more, that, yes. there's one more yes. gone but not forgotten, and that's uh, our sweet Daisy, our sweet Lucy. Sweet uh, Zubats. At the age of 12, she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? And even, <laughs> nice even, work, even when Rudy went with the layup, uh, he, he got absolutely clocked across the face. And still finished. And I think, you know, if Rudy, you know, got that that boost of energy and toughness and meanness to just go out there and try and dunk right, you know, get that ball and dunk it right in their face. And you know what? Maybe you get an offensive foul. Maybe you missed the dunk. But they're going to blow the whistle. I mean, you're going to get a zillion and ones if he just run over that guy in front of you and dunk right in his face. And then you're going to have an and one anyway. Some of the right. time, and uh, right. he was seven of eight from the line last night. Rudy, so. Rudy was the best player in that game. And for people out there that are saying the Jazz didn't play well, yes, they did. The Jazz played really well, particularly well, that's not in the what second I said. half. No, that's no, not I'm not, I I, I'm not saying to you. No, 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 yeah. no. I've I've seen other people online and uh-huh. that sort of thing say they, they well they didn't play their best. They played great. They played. There's there's more ways to to play well than just the three point barrage we've seen so often, which is really cool. But they played really well in a different way last night, and and Rudy was the best player on the floor. 
I can't make any argument against anything you just said, Jake. It was, you know, somewhat, how about a shout out for Alex Jensen? Do you know, you- I know, I know Rudy has put in, uh, put in a lot of work, but he's been coached up well. He has, and and I think Alex should be in consideration for some head coaching jobs as a result. He has been already, hasn't landed it yet, but yeah, what he's done with Rudy, I mean, that's leading his resume. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I know that Quinn trusts Alex, and uh, Quinn's nobody's fool. He trusts people who are smart, and uh, Alex is super capable, dude. So, anyway, yeah, Rudy Gobert last night, uh, and this is so. Is this what the Jazz are going to face moving forward? It makes me wonder about teams that are capable of crowding their shooters, and then uh, who who's got who's got a big man that can uh, deal with Rudy if it comes to that. So I think Rudy is always going to struggle with the the really heavy players, you know, the Stephen Adamses of the world. Joel Embiid, uh, you know, is is absolutely giant. You know, those really big dudes. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. But last night was an excellent example. Rudy can do that to Zubats, and I like Zubats by the way. He's a he's a nice piece for them. He's going to make them better in the playoffs. But he can do that to Ibaka. Even Patterson's got a little heft to him. What do you, what do you make of him against Mark Gasol? Oh, I think, well, Gasol's kind of at the— They've had one, games where Rudy's got him and then games where Mark's got him. I know, but here's the thing with Gasol. He's entered the uh, the oak tree phase of his career. <laughs> the ribbon? <laughs> from, a, from an acorn? From the—just—he's— uh, he, you know, once those roots are planted, it's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> oh, I thought you, know. you were going ribbon around the no, old oak tree. Okay. No, like, like, um, you well, know, maybe rings around the trunk. Think of, think of the Ents in Lord of the Rings. Okay. That's, you know, it's just it gets a little more difficult to get all of that. You mean like tree beard. Yeah, he's got a little tree beard going. You know, it's interesting that you bring Marcus Sol's name up because when you were talking about Zubat, I, I think those two look a little bit alike. Like, like physically, in the face. Oh, uh, I'll leave. No, I'll, no, I'll I, leave that to I'm, your judgment. I have maybe, not. Maybe uh, I have not studied uh, Zubats's face uh, yeah, all no. that often. <sighs> all right. You don't think Zubats is Pal Gasol, do you? I know. Just asking. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, was, no. That was so hilariously random. Well, no, I, this so, from the guy who so thinks weird. I look like Darren Williams. Yeah, it's true. Uh, well, you do a little bit. Nope. But uh, Zubats, you know, as I was watching last night, I thought he he's, he reminds me of somebody. Is it is it Marcus Sol? I'm not I'm not a, a younger version. And then and then you just brought up Marcus Sol's name right after talking about Zubats, and I thought, wow, what a coincidence! <laughs> I just like how you you built that up. Like speaking of Marcus Sol, let me tell you something <laughs> no, I had about Marcus Sol. He just I had the thought last night. He looks the game. just like Zubats. No, I didn't say just like. Just similar. He makes a hell of a gumbo. <laughs> it was that random. Uh, anywho, <laughs> I think it's important for Rudy to be aggressive. And I mm. thought that was his most aggressive game of the year. Uh, offensively, you know, Gordon, he catches the ball so deep in the paint so many times. I mean,. It's next to impossible to draw an offensive foul on that. And as opposed to fooling around with the Euro step and the finger roll and all this stuff that is just not effective for a man his size who just should be dunking the basketball. Like that? Yeah. Run over him like, like that. that. Exactly. Like you should never, going back to last year, you should never let a team get away with covering Rudy Gobert with P.J. Tucker. I mean, that yeah. should be a 40-point night for Rudy. 
He should be dunking on every single possession. And the fact that a team was actually allowed to get away with that is is madness. This is why it's important for Rudy to be effective from the free throw line because he's it, it, when these situations happen, uh, I think if he is dominating, he's going to get fouled and he's going to have to make his shots from there. He's seven of eight. He's like sixty. He's up to sixty percent. He's fine. Well, he, he was last night, but he has struggled in that regard earlier. Let's see what is. Yeah, he, he's had a, a regression at the line this year. He's up to fifty-eight percent, though. As bad as he started, I mean, he's making yeah, but it. Two a... seasons ago, he was in the seventies. Right, right. He'll get there. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Rudy's free throws. <laughs> All right, you say so. Yeah. He's, okay, I'm going to go back through his game log now, Gordon. The challenge is is met. A man's okay. allowed to to shoot his way out of a slump, you know. He was seven for eight last night. Why are we talking about his free throws? It was funny last night when he said, well, I could have made one more free throw. That was hilarious. <laughs> I agree. That was funny. Well, I mean, nobody you, has the perfect that, game. I could have made one more free throw. Well, that tells you that he, he's at least thinking about it. You know he's working on that part of his game. Well, he, he has been since he got in the league. Yeah, I know. But especially lately because he knows what's coming. He knows uh, if he doesn't make those on a regular basis, he's going to get fouled a lot. And he, he should get fouled anyway for all the reasons you already articulated. All right, we'll have uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens are no match for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Want the uh, contaminants gone? Call Zero Res right now, just $25 per room. Minimum supply, search Zero Res carpet cleaning. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. This is a great song. Uh, Gordon, so I've gone back through Rudy's game logs real quick here, uh, talking about his free throws. And actually another number, uh, well, another topic coming out of his free throws has, has popped up in my mind. But uh, just to give you an idea of how well Rudy's shooting from the free throw line as of late. Let's go to his game against Indiana where he struggled. Okay, he was 2 of 9 against Indiana. Here are the numbers, what he's done since. You ready? Yep. Two for three against Boston. Nine of 13 against Milwaukee. Five, uh, four of five against Miami. Five of eight against Philly. Seven of eight against the Clippers. Sounds like the hard work is paying off. Before the Indiana game, he was four for five against Charlotte. One for two against Atlanta. Five for six against Detroit. Uh, dipped a little bit against Denver. Four for eight. But before that against Dallas, seven of eight. 7 of 11, the game against Dallas before, 2 for 2 against the Knicks, and 3 for 4 against Golden State. What's his overall average again? 58%. See, that needs to be up closer to 70. Well, he's the, the closest he's ever come to 70 is 68%, and that was two years ago. Last year he shot 63%. I'm just telling you, teams are going to figure out that they can't let those Jazz shooters loose. 
and uh, that's going to leave Rudy with opportunity. And uh, if somebody is uh, overmatched or cannot handle that, they're going to foul. Right. And I'm just telling you, I'm not really worried about Rudy's free throws. But what did what did stand out to me here, though, Gordon, is Rudy really should, and this goes into what we were talking about with he needs to play with a bunch of force, Rudy should never have a two-free-throw night. That's crazy. Rudy yeah. didn't take a single free throw against uh, the Pelicans uh, on uh, January 21st. Like, Rudy shouldn't have a zero-free-throw game. I mean, he how many free throws a night? If, if Rudy was really taking it to the rim, right, and, and doing what we're talking about, playing with force and, and dunking on guys, how many times should – Rudy should be going to the rim, what, seven, eight times a game? Or the, not the rim, excuse me, the, the line. Seven, eight how times many, a how game? Many, how many points should he have against the Pels that night? Let's see here. Um, of course, I don't know what. Uh, let's see. Oh, there it is. He had twelve. Okay. Yeah, I would expect him to go to the line. Yep. When when he uh, when he's scoring in double figures, he should be having a lot of trips. Because what what happens when players generally can't cannot stop somebody in the NBA? They foul. That's what they do. And so Rudy should be getting fouled. I think so too. He's just, well, at very least, just not have those nights where you're only shooting two. And yeah, here's the other thing: is whatever two. you do, whatever you do, don't avoid contact. Yes, I agree uh, with that. One hundred. I know he. I, I know he doesn't want to get hurt, and he's so valuable to the Jazz. You don't want him to absolutely take a beating night after night, but <laughs> you got to utilize what you got. And I, teams that let those Jazz shooters run free are going to lose. They're going to lose. So they really don't have much of a choice but to create some space in the paint for someone like Rudy. And Rudy has to go win those games. And, yep. you know, bringing this full circle, Gordon, that's what he did last night. That's why yeah. I got uh, – or uh, I was a little bent out of shape with people who say the Jazz didn't play well last night. I, well, I well, when they see, But when they see Bogdanovich going 2 of 10 from the floor and, and the efficiency, the shooting efficiency drop like that, that's what they're talking about, Jake. You know that. Right, but there's so many other ways to win basketball games, and that's what's so impressive about this Jazz team is they're just not – you can't pigeonhole them into uh, – a defensive team or a shooting team or, or these things. Oh, if you take away Bogdanovich, they're tostada. I mean, that's not that's not the way that this team plays. And if you pick, you like I was trying to get out yesterday, like with Leach's offense, Mike Leach's offense, every play they run is based on what the defense chooses to do. And the Jazz can come into any game plan, and it may take them a quarter or two to get adjusted, Gordon, but if you play one way, they're going to beat you the other way. And if you hug the shooters and you say, we're not going to let Bogdanovich beat, uh, beat us, well, Rudy's going to feast, and you're still going to lose. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, If I were the Jazz, I'd be trying to find ways to, well, obviously they would, try to abide that sort of thing, that kind of strategy, because there's going to be nights. when, that, And if the Clippers had had Kawhi and Paul George, uh, I'm not sure that their offense would have suffered quite the way it did last night. Maybe, but the Jazz still won by 18. Yeah, you, that's a strong argument. I, I understand it. I understand. So I guess the question then comes down to, would the Clippers' efficiency have risen to the point where they would have made up that 18-point margin? There's no way to know that. But what did the Clippers shoot last night? They shot like 40, what, 40, low 40s, right? 44. So, yeah, so not you bad. would expect uh, – that's not – uh, I don't think that's 
I think most teams would want to bring it up a little bit from there. It's not bad. It's better than the Jazz shot. That's true. <laughs> and That's the important true. part is the Jazz still got their attempts up. They still had 43s attempted, which is which is a big deal because you have to keep them trying to play Rudy honest. So as long as you keep shooting those threes, then they have to keep hugging the shooters. So it's it's I I love it because it's way more nuanced than just well the threes were going that night, Bob. Right. right. Uh, you know they have other ways that they can go out and attack teams, and it, it's it's live and learn from Quinn Snyder, at least I from my observation. Because hey, you lost a couple playoff series to the Rockets because you couldn't handle what they were doing defensively. Yeah, you got to have the two in the fro, the frick and the frack. Yeah, so you you build you build a team around being able to to take whatever the other team's throwing at you. I I love it. I think it's great. Okay, so I have a really weird observation. So don't judge me on it. Okay. Is is this weirder than than Zubats looks like Marcus? No, yeah, I don't, Paul. I don't know. I'll let, leave that up to you to okay. decide. All right. But as I was watching that game last night, I don't know if it was the camera angle or what, the lighting or what. But the three-point shot looked farther than it usually does. And I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying that's the way it looked. Am I the only one that felt that way? I, I, I hate to edify this comment. But I noticed that myself, Gordon. And I think it's because the three-point line is so much thinner on that court that they used last night than the typical line. Huh. huh. I mean, it was like pencil thin, and usually it's a, an inch and a half to three inches uh, thick. Yeah, and I got to be honest, just, I, I didn't notice. You didn't know, every time I saw a jazz player go up for a three, I thought to myself, wow, that's a long, long shot. And when you typically watch them, it doesn't, it looks, yeah, it's long, but not that long. It looked like they were having to chuck it in from from forever. It's, I. If anybody else knows that, Austin, I, I'm glad that you, you picked up on that, too, because I just thought I knew it wasn't true, but that's the way it felt. That's the way it looked. And it wasn't because the Jazz missed some shots. It was, I don't know, it was strange. You know who we should ask this is uh, Gordy Chiesa next Monday. He loves the question about the distance of the three points. He does shot. love that. Have well, you, we, well, know, we know that it's identical, but it just looked like, wow, how do they make any of them? There was a, a viral video floating around uh, a few weeks ago where the camera was was moving back down the basketball floor at the same speed as the mo- uh, moving banner on the scorer's table. You know what I'm talking about, Gordo? Uh-huh, and if uh-huh. you watch it, it looks like the player is just, like, scooting along the ground. The guy that's waiting to check in. The, the guy waiting to check in, yeah, who's sitting by the scorer's table. It looks like he's just, like... On a moving sidewalk. Yeah, on a moving side. It looks like a Jamiroquai <laughs> video, uh, music video. It's kind of freaky, yeah. that video, because your mind's like, that's right. not right. So I, you... it wouldn't surprise me if it were some sort of, like, mind uh, or trick, the camera angle with the thickness of the three-point line or something like that playing on your... I, I, I thought it was the angle of the camera or something because it just it looked like forever. And have you ever covered a game when you've seen when they've had that camera run up and down the court? It is a weird feeling. They do that in the NCAA tournament. I've seen it and just this thing down the court, back and forth. It's weird. Hey, look at what PK is just tweeting out here. Uh, apparently, Brian Thompson is committed to the. Arizona State Sun Devils. Oh. Yeah, I saw that from uh, Devil's Digest earlier in the show, and we know what uh, 
Herm they, Edwards. Yeah, well, Herm Edwards thinks of that Devils. particular organization. We should play that. We should play that. Drop bit. of the day, maybe. Yeah. It's like I'm. So, what does he so, say? He says uh, I'm on the other team or something. I'm like a Christian that. now. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so do you think that was because he liked the coaching better down there? He liked the opportunity better, or he likes uh, the sunshine better? Or Kinahan got in his ear. <laughs> Is PK doing recruiting for the Devils? No, he he probably got the recruiting pitch that Arizona State should be selling to everybody, and that's you can. It's it's like a girls gone wild video down here. Get. <laughs> <laughs> Come down here and live your best life, man. Let's do this. Wine, women, and song. Arizona State on three. Well, it, well it's a nice, uh, it's a nice place down there uh, for those who've been able to visit. You claiming I mean, Phoenix I didn't, now? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean that to sound as Chesterish as it did. What the wrong persona there? Sorry, that's all right. I ruined it. It's fine. Anywho, Brian Thompson going to Arizona State. All right, we'll have more coming up next. My bad. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.